Welcome to the Cackalack Panthers Chat Podcast, coming to you quasi-live from the Gate City. Folks, we are the official, unofficial Carolina Panthers Podcast. The statements made on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of those individuals making them. Opinions may change on the fly, after conscious deliberation, or for no reason whatsoever. And finally, as Mel likes to remind us, we are grossly unqualified to give our opinions on professional football players, but we in no way let that stop us or even give us pause. My name is Adam. I am one of your two hosts tonight. Mel and BK cannot be with us for various reasons, so it's just me and Will. How you doing, Will? I'm doing great. I'm ready to get started. Let's get started then. All right. BK, even though you're not here in person, you are here in spirit. Who is tonight's sponsor? Nice job, BK. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, Will, how do we do this week? This week, we brought home the W. Yes, we did. Tell us about it. And thank God, I mean, against probably the most inept team in the entire NFL right now, and, you know, the Texans are 1-8-1, and one, so that's, that's really saying something. I was... It wasn't it wasn't much of a game. You know, we, we put points on the board against a, a very good defense, which was great. Uh, mostly thanks to our run game. I believe we ran the ball forty or fifty times, something like that. It was something like that. It was a lot. Um so the the running game is has really been doing a good job of putting the team on on its back. Um, Darnold did just enough to not throw the win away, which I think, you know, Judging by PJ's first game at the helm, I, I think that's what Steve Wilkes is going for. Get him in there, get him comfortable. Don't ask him to do too much, um, especially not against a a really good defense such as the Broncos. And of course, our defense played great ball. You know, besides one touchdown there at the end, you know, held the Broncos to to three points, which is honestly what you want to see a, against a team like that. So you know, they they beat a team that they should have beaten. Uh, credit to Wilkes for for putting together a good game plan. A credit to uh, Darnold for doing just enough, and a credit uh, you know most of the credit goes to our defense. Dante, uh, I hate to say it, but even uh, Chuba, um, they they played well. Uh, so it was it was all around a, a pretty dominant performance, a lot like the game against uh, Tampa Bay, and I yeah. liked it. Yeah, no, I, I echo all of those points. Uh, it was crazy because really. That they really only scored in my mind three points. That that touchdown at the end was due to a really ridiculous uh, penalty by Yoder Gross Matzos. Um, really unfortunate there because you know if you're a defense and you're keeping score, which of course you are, but I mean that in the defensive sense, uh, you really want to hold a team to no touchdowns. That's really a, a mark or a, a sign of a, a really good defense. Uh, we've talked about it a lot this year, but. This, this defense has got a lot of key pieces to be really, really good in the future. I think they're really, really good now. Some of the some of the metrics aren't going to bear that out, as we've talked about before, just because the offense couldn't keep them off the field. But this was really a, a statement game for the defense here um, and, and against another really good defense. So I think it was a measuring stick, and I think they... They more than measured up. So 
proud of them there. Hopefully they can continue to build uh, you know, both this season and into next season with the young pieces that we have. It's funny, you know, when we were talking about uh, Brian Burns a few weeks ago, some of us on the podcast questioned not trading him given the kinds of offers that were on the table. Um, and really, time will only tell if that was a, a good move or not. But man, he's shown the last two weeks, dude. And, uh, you know, 10 sacks, I think, right now on the season. Yeah. Five more games to go. I think he looks like he's only gotten better as the season's gone along. This could be his breakout. You know, I I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could wind up with 15 sacks uh, by the end of the the season. So great win. Definitely the the most dominant win of the entire season for us so far. And uh, it'll be exciting to see what's to come. I know you have some reservations about us playing better because that may take us out of uh, a position to be a, a top five pick potentially. Um, I, I, I'm a little bit on the fence about what I want to see happen. I, I think we need to keep playing to win and uh, trying to stack the win column. As we talked about before, not out of the playoff race, technically speaking. Technically speaking, yeah. <laughs> given our <laughs> given our putrid division. Uh, but of course, we're one game back. Tampa Bay and your man Tom Brady sitting there at the top but not looking great man yeah you know I I really I haven't paid much attention to TB12 this year because uh that the the Bucks are are pretty terrible it's this this season um in this division is very reminiscent of maybe the 2013 or 2014 season whenever the Panthers won the division and snuck into the playoffs at what was it? Seven, seven and eight, nine. It was, seven and it nine. Was eight, seven, eight, and one. I, oh, I think, okay. That actually. might be right. That might be yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so that that could be another one of these seasons. Um, you know, you you uh, talked about my reservations. I, I do. You know, it's the the Panthers will almost certainly be one and done in the playoffs. You know, they 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 could potentially host a playoff game, um, which is astonishing. It is, it is astonishing, and I don't think that they really deserve it. Um, it's probably not best long term for the franchise and and that's where the uh gaggle of uh t- tanker fans um on the internet uh come in um crying about about every meaningless win and I don't want to be one of those people because I called them <laughs> as something I, what did I say <laughs> uh pragmatic nerds I think yeah, was the something phrase like that, I used. that yeah um and and they are and it is you know it's it's a it's a lame mindset um I I get where it comes from and and I do find myself wincing at, at some of these these wins because you know ultimately they are probably a, a, a bit meaningless however uh, it's, you know, we all predicted wins last week. So we obviously thought this was going to happen, assuming that either Darnold or PJ played. I know that was both of our caveats and, and that, that bore itself out. Um, so, uh, to your, uh, to your Brian Burns point, uh, love the way that he has been playing. I, I think that, uh, he will, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's going to demand, uh, a, a hefty, uh, contract when that time comes, and if we decide to trade him away, we may even get a better offer than we were originally given. That's that's a that's a true possibility, given the way that he's playing. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I, I I don't think you know BK made a great argument I, I think a while ago, but uh, ultimately I, I think having a piece like that 
on your defense, uh, what is a, a bird in the hand is, is worth more than two in the bush. And, and I True. think that's this kind of scenario. I so, agree. um, I, I like seeing him on the team. I like seeing our young defense come along. It's, it's great to have them along with the young offensive line. Um, definitely a lot of optimism. Uh, don't know if I want Steve Wilkes around long term. I, I think he would be another rehash of the conservative coaches as evidenced by his, his philosophy. However, you know, if he gets a new OC, that's not McAdoo. Um, if he gets a halfway decent quarterback that could change. I mean, all these things are, are up in the air. So it's, it's a very interesting season. And, you know, I, I guess it's important to just kind of enjoy the Panthers when they play halfway decent football. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of quarterbacks, one of the things that I've appreciated about Wilkes is that he has shown, in my mind, um, better judgment on the quarterback front than Rule did. You know, Rule sticking with uh, Baker Mayfield for the first part of the season, even when Baker was just awful. I mean, he remains awful, but uh, Wilkes made the decision to go with PJ, uh, and then in PJ's absence, this last week against um, the Broncos, you know, he decides to go with Sam Darnold. And while that would have almost been inconceivable to me last year or even in the beginning of this year, having watched the way that Baker played, it seemed like it was the only responsible decision that could have been made. Yet I still don't think Rule would have made that decision had he been in that spot yeah yeah that that is a that's a great hypothetical you know I, I do rule has shown himself to be a terrible decision we talked about it last week actually yeah, yeah. just on the personnel front perhaps he's brought in some some decent guys but his his decisions there have been really head scratching uh I there was a lot of criticism uh for the really bizarre uh, kind of unheard of quarterback carousel that uh, we were on last year. Um, so I can understand perhaps why he didn't want to just bench Baker after the first few games. However, Baker's play was so, so bad that that he deserved it. Worst in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that we've uh, that that Wilkes has come in and, and made some some better decisions there. Um, and uh, you know, it's uh, I'm. I, it is more enjoyable to see Sam Darnold on the field rolling into the end zone than it is to see Baker <laughs> on the field throwing balls into the defensive lineman's hands. Uh, yeah. You know, multiple times a yeah. game. It's just it watching Baker is is painful. Yeah, I don't have any confidence in Sam Darnold being able to lead to lead a winning franchise into the future. I mean, I've, I feel like I've seen enough. Although this was his first game this season for the Panthers. And it was considerably more polished than the product that we saw on the field much of last year. Um, but but that being said, he seemed far more competent when he was on the field at being able to lead the offense, at not letting it getting mired down, uh, at not being the uh, the thing that broke the running game. I yeah. mean, we saw when Baker was in in the game uh, last week, just how bad the running game was. Yeah. And we talked about how much better it was when PJ was in the game. Well, look how much better it was when Sam Darnold was in the game as compared to uh, uh, Baker. I mean, the, the you were saying earlier that they ran the ball 40-plus times. They did. In fact, they ran it 46 times for 185 yards. It's no secret what the game plan is going to be for us every week. Yeah. Everybody knows we've got the worst quarterbacks arguably in the league. Um, so we're going to come to run first. But 
the fact that your quarterback plays such a key role in that, and and if he can keep the other team honest, even just a little bit, we've got enough guys uh, up front to really have an effective run game, and that was, again, evident against a very, very good defense in uh, the Broncos. So interesting thoughts there. What do you think is going to happen, not next week since we have a bye, but the following week if PJ's healthy? You think we got PJ back on the field? I actually think that Wilkes has already said that Darnold will be the starter after the bye. And I think that's a good thing. You know, if uh, obviously Wilkes is trying to win the games, uh, the players are trying to win games, they're not tanking anything. So it, I, I believe what we will see two weeks from now is um, Darnold is going to have uh, more of an open playbook. Uh, they're going to ask him to pass a, a little bit more. Um, as, as you said, you know, it's, it's, it, we just, as, as long as there is a quarterback on the field who is a threat to complete one or two passes in a drive, that will keep the defense honest and, and we'll be able to run the ball more effectively. I would expect Darnold to throw the ball maybe 30 times in the game. Oh, wow. Uh, I could see him putting up, you know, something modest. 200 250 yards a touchdown or two he he actually seems to to like running for the tds as well yep you know i we won't get into the the game predictions yet but i i do think it's we're just going to open up the playbook more darnold's going to have more time to get comfortable with the first team offense and and i think that's it's not it's not going to look like this this past week just like pj's second week did not look like his first week against the rams did wilkes indicate that the reason for going with darnold uh after the bye was because of pj's health or did he indicate that this was just because of perceived performance i will say that i have not seen this uh quote directly from him i just saw it the you know the third hand information <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. on the internet the so Twitterverse. As, yeah yeah but i i believe that was the statement um i i would you know my assumption is that the high ankle sprain that pj has is, is not healed yet right um and and i think you know wilkes probably wants to keep it a little bit more consistent at the quarterback position. And as long as Darnold is is not outright losing us games uh, like Baker has been, we're, mm-hmm. we're probably going to roll with Darnold through the – I would I would expect through the, the rest of the season. Oh, that's too bad. I still don't know if I think he's he's a better option than P.J. He's not. I, I don't think he is. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Definitely a better option than Baker, though. Uh, and, you know, interesting to think about what's going to happen into next year. I – I can't imagine a scenario where Baker or Darnold are on our team next year, though I could see a scenario where PJ is um, just because of, you know, he's not going to cost a lot. Um, and, and he would be, I think, a viable backup, uh, depending on whether we draft a QB or go with Matt Corral next year. But uh, still a lot of question marks there at quarterback and uh, seemingly the uh, the conundrum there continues. Yeah. And I will say this about PJ. I think, um, while he may not be technically a better quarterback than Darnold, the, the biggest difference is I, I see really no leadership qualities or X-factor qualities in Darnold, and, and P.J. at least has those. And, and so I would prefer, you know, it, it going forward into next season to have P.J. on the roster, not Baker, not Darnold. I just think the locker room loves P.J. That's that's what it seems like. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And it's interesting just to see uh, – Darnold on the field against the Broncos, although he was efficient, uh, didn't make mistakes, although he almost 
fumbled the ball at the end zone, uh, but thankfully recovered, uh, as as BK noted in the uh, the sponsor um, of the week there. But uh, you know, really, just doesn't seem to have much emotion at all. No, you know, there, on the one He's hand, a dead fish. He, yeah, you know, it reminds me, I I know you may not get this reference, but of Garfield. I know we've called him Garfield the person, but, you know, Garfield, when he's just sitting in, like, his bed or whatever, messing with Odie, he's, he's expressionless. Yeah. He, he's devious. I don't see devious in um, in Sam Darnold, but uh, but he's expressionless. You cannot read him. You he's, know? He is a very mellow, you know, he's, when I think of SoCal, I, Sam Darnold has that mellow attitude. Very sure. true. Very true. And now he's rocking the uh, the SoCal mustache, too. Oh, I, I didn't notice that. But. Oh, man, it's bad. It's, <laughs> I'm not sure it is. I mean, he's just not got a, a really lovable face anyway. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> and then you put an orange mustache on him, dude. It's just like... Oh, is it orange? I mean, his, his hair's orange. Oh, you know, so just like Garfield. Just like Garfield, man. So, anyway. So, Steve Wilkes is now 3-4 and four, uh, as the... Uh, interim head coach of the Panthers. Matt Rule was fired after a 1-4 and four start. There is more and more buzz uh, around the, uh, apparently around the building, that Steve Wilkes is, is really vying for that, for that head coaching position. He's, he's making a case for himself. Uh, what are your thoughts on him going forward? Well, I don't think the book's been written yet as to whether he should seriously be considered for the the permanent uh, head coaching position there at the Panthers. But I think, given what we saw before and what we've seen since he's taken over the reins in Week Six, there's a there's a marked difference in the team, the way that it plays, uh, its attitude, um, the strategy in 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 how it's executing both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Uh, he's won three out of the seven games. Uh, that game in Atlanta, you know, he was a whisper from winning. So that mark in my mind could easily be, you know, uh, four and three and not three and four. I mean, I guess you could say that now for a lot of coaches, but you take my point there. Um, there's five games left in the season. I think if he wins three out of the next five, that would make him basically seven and six. No, 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 six and six, six and six. Yeah. So five hundred on the season with a team that was really floundering. I don't know, man. I think you got to give him a hard, hard look if he winds up at six and six after all that we went through at the beginning of the season. That basically means that the Panthers started one and four, wound up six and six. It, the the pieces are no different for him than they were for Rule, and in fact. We're missing key pieces that we had had under rule, you know, Christian McCaffrey, um, Robbie Anderson, not that Robbie was playing at all, you know, uh, you know, I, I think he, he walked onto the field a couple of times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but not really having an impact there. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say yes. And I don't want to say no. I just feel like there's more there. You know, he was three and 13, with Arizona. That's not a great mark. Um, I don't know what the circumstances were there. I- I'm going to tell you the circumstances here at the time that he took over were pretty freaking dire. Yeah. And he's, he's polished this turd up pretty good, <laughs> you know? Um, so it, it, it's still not pretty. Uh, it's brown and lumpy, but, uh, 
but it's better looking than it was. So at what, least it's not runny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I've been anti-conservative head coach for a long time. You know, since um, the Rivera era, uh, I, I've always, you know, I I, I was beating the drum. Um, I, I, I was, you know, I was in off with his head mode after the third season, I think when I, I just saw his, his conservative, um, philosophy, it, it will ultimately, you know, if you don't have an all-star roster really carrying the team, it's going to lose you more games than it wins you. You know, it's not, it's not built on the back of, of strategy, you know, you're, you're playing chess against teams that are uh, against other coaches that are playing checkers. And as a as a long term uh, winning strategy, it just doesn't work. It's it's going to be so um, it, it's it's really going to change with with each season, and, and that's what we saw. We saw a lot of inconsistency. Um, I think that is likely what you will find with Wilkes. He still has not won. This team has not won a game against a team with a winning record, and the 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 high quality playoff teams have blown us out true um so while he has been doing better you know i think the panthers and panthers fans in general are so used to conservative-minded head coaches and kind of you know not great head coaches inconsistent head coaches uh that anything is 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 better than you know anything is better than rule that that's for sure and i, I think that's lulled a lot of people into this you know I guess false sense of security with with him. Um, I, I just you know I, I'm even though I like what Wilkes has been doing with this team, I like Wilkes um, as a as a coach as a person. I don't want him as the head coach because ultimately I just don't think he has the mindset that you need to succeed in the modern NFL and win win the Super Bowl. And I think ultimately, you know that's that's what every team wants is what every organization wants, what every fan wants. You, you want to win the Super Bowl. You don't want to see twelve and five seasons and then you know seven and ten seasons and and a few deep playoff runs and and you know then a really heartbreaking Super Bowl loss because your coaches can't strategize worth a crap and and you know beat the corpse of Peyton Manning. Um, you know, so it's it's just there. You know, I I still I. I, I have a lot of bitterness about Super Bowl 50, which is, you know, I, I love seeing the, the Broncos lose in, yeah. in such spectacular fashion. I love seeing them, you know, crumble under the weight of all of their horrible decisions uh, this past offseason. Um, under the weight of that $40 million a year Russell Wilson ooh, contract? Yeah, that that really hurts. And I, I'm very thankful the Panthers haven't made a quarterback mistake of of that magnitude you True. know we've we've made some quarterback mistakes but we have not made a 250 million five-year mistake yeah um so i appreciate what wilkes is doing uh don't want him around for the long term you know i know mel uh definitely does he's a rivera disciple and and she um she's all about the all about the feel good and and i like the feel good too um but i you know you you play to win the game and you play to win the big game yeah, I think all of those are valid points. I will say this, though, and we covered this last week. It doesn't really... It, let me back up. It seems like there's a lot of parity in the NFL right now. There are not any teams that are heads and tails above other teams. I mean, you've got like the Eagles who are playing better. It's a good year for them, but I don't look at the Eagles and go, man, that's good. That's about to be a dynasty on the way that they're playing. Um, 
I like their quarterback. I like what they do defensively. I think they're exciting to watch. But I don't look at them and feel like I do about even the Chiefs or, or about the old Patriots, you know, or, or those teams that we or, – or even the old Packers, which are now, you know, a shell of, the form, of their former selves. Uh, and so I think it's a reflection of the parity that we're seeing in the NFL. And so part of me in saying that, it, it makes me question whether what you're saying is even really – achievable right now we see what's happening with the la rams i mean just had a gangbuster season last year and now look at them this year i mean they are not good and uh you know i look at a lot of other teams that were kind of the the um the standard bearers in the nfl for many years and they're they're simply just not very good this year the steelers another example of that and then you see stuff like what's happened in the NFC East, where you've got basically every single team, including Washington, who's being coached by Ron Rivera, who are uh, in line to make the playoffs. Every single team in the NFC East is in line to make the playoffs this year, which is just crazy to think about that. But how good the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, and the uh, the Washington Commanders are, you know. So, um, uh, so while I, I think you make good points, and I think it it is a reason to get. Uh, dissatisfied with coaching when it doesn't look like they're you know they're continuing to be competitive every year and make the playoffs and while the Panthers did have that run where they made uh the playoffs three different times they never actually won back-to-back winning seasons which was always a criticism And, and I think it's a valid one but when I look at what's happened to our team over the last few years versus you know, a, a comparable team like the Washington Commanders. I mean, frankly, I'd rather be in their position right now. Whether that makes them competitive next year or not, I don't know. But certainly, you can't say Ron Rivera's had a a, a star led team this year. You know, he's had really mediocre, bottom of the barrel quarterbacks leading that team and still managing to find success. I think that's fair enough, and I, I really don't know what Ron is doing with the Commanders right now. Um, that they're seven and five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on there in a competitive Um, (laughs) NFC East. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is definitely a competitive division. I don't know what their divisional record is, but uh, that being said, you're right. I mean, there, there are, you, you do see a lot of ups and downs Uh, expecting a Patriots type dynasty is, is ridiculous. And that's an unrealistic, um, beauty standard. And, and so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm asking for, for that. Um, but I, I do think you, you want to, you know, you want to go with a coach that gives you the best chance for success in the modern NFL. You know, what's happened to the Rams this year is it's just one of those years where injuries take their toll, you know, Stafford, their O-line, um, n- not only they, they've had 11 different offensive line combinations over the season, a lot of injuries there, a lot of turnover there. Um, I think it was Andrew Whitworth that they lost and that was a big loss. Yeah. Uh, cup is injured um you know and i think they've just kind of lost all their all their fire this season they they played halfway decently um yesterday i I was watching a little bit of the game but they're like second or third string quarterback i don't know where they are right now but um you know overall i i i can agree that you you can't expect um a, a 12 plus win season every year but but back-to-back winning seasons I think is a is a benchmark for a good coach and I think we're seeing some some up-and-comers um establish themselves with other teams you know we might be seeing the Dolphins break out into you know kind of being a <clears throat> a, a really strong competitor year after year, at least for the next few years, while yep. we can keep that that group of guys together. Uh, the Eagles may they may be having a 2015 Panthers season. It, it really remains to be seen. 
um, as you know, as, as it does with the, a lot of these teams. But um, you know, I, I just I, I'm I'm very anti-conservative head coach, and I, I always have been. I'm just I'm tired of watching boring Panthers football. I, I want to see some some high-powered you know. Some exciting yeah, offense. Exciting offense would be great. Yeah. yeah, running the ball is is cool and all, but it, it puts me to sleep. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not as it's not as sexy as uh, slinging it. You know, forty times for five hundred yards. I'll I'll tell you that. Yeah. But um, but anyway, any any coaches that are on your radar that you would think like, all right, Panthers, throw the book at this coach. I mean, uh, Tepper's shown he's willing to do it. You know, if he thinks it's the right guy, I I think that um, you know. It, it was not the right guy and it was a, a foolish mistake, you know, looking back, but um, it was the sexy move at the time. Yeah, I, I guess it was the sexy move at the time. Although, you know, you look at rule and, and wonder why that was the sexy move. He's got a great uh, agent, dude. Did you <laughs> really see the does. contract yeah. he just got with yeah, Nebraska? I think it was comparable to the contract. 78 that million. Gave him. Yeah. I mean, something crazy. I, I don't know who his agent is, but he is worth every penny. He is obviously a great salesman slash preacher. Oh my gosh! Um, so so you know what? Good for good for him, I guess. Uh, I think there was a lot of speculation that he'd end up going to Nebraska, right? Yeah, there was from up. the get go. Yeah. So anyway, I no, there's there's nobody on my radar. I'm that's above my pay grade. Um, but I, I just, I, I would like to, um, I, I want to, I mean, certainly want to see a coaching search being conducted. You know, I, I want, uh, Wilkes needs to not only put forth a great, uh, resume in, in this season, um, but he needs to, uh, he needs to, he needs to bring the juice to the interviews and, and compete with some, some of the, uh, young hot shots, I think. Would, would you see it as a setback if for some reason, Wilkes is hired as the permanent head coach, and then we start off next year kind of as a dud, you know, three, four losses in the first few games. It absolutely is. We we have a window, I, I think I've said this before, that um, that may be opening up. When when you have uh, what looks like, you know, uh, Ekim is could, could definitely be the next big thing at left tackle. That is, that is probably the second most valuable position behind quarterback. Um, when, when you have that guy and, and then uh, the rest of the line is, is really strong, young defensive core, um, and, uh, some, a, a few playmakers, you know, we probably need to add some more playmakers undoubtedly to, to really make a deep run. Um, but if, if you waste another year with a mediocre head coach, you're, you were, you were taking you're 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 throwing away some some really valuable seasons where you need to um seize on that competitive window and and the good young roster i mean it's it's hard to build a young and talented roster and i think we have we've done that uh, or or we're starting to do that um so yeah I, i don't think we can afford to lose another season or two to an underperforming head coach yeah i agree with you there all right, Will. So we've got a bye next week, but following that, we are playing the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. And to your earlier point, they do have a winning record as of right now at six and five. So very conceivable that we could go into Seattle, play a winning team. Can we pull off a win? If we did, I mean, that would be the signature win of the season. I think um, they they have uh, they have a really good team. Pete Carroll is a great coach. 
Um, Geno Smith is playing surprisingly excellent football. Uh, Tariq Woolen is uh, is really coming into his own um, on the defensive side, and it's gonna it is going to be a tough game. Games in Seattle are, are always tough. Seattle has always had our number. I do not expect a win. Um, like I said, I, I think the playbook the playbook is going to open up for Darnold. Um, I could I. I think if we are going to be competitive, I don't think it can just be run the ball 50 times and ask Darnold to throw for 130 to 150 yards. I think he's going to need to throw between 25 and 30 times if we're if we're going to win the game. Um, I, you know, he really needs to keep it clean. Uh, I I expect at least one interception to be thrown by him. I, I think that the, the um, the defense is definitely going to snag one. Um, and although, you know, and, and that being said, I, I think he will probably put up somewhere between 250 to 300 yards. Uh, I still think Seattle is going to take home the win. Probably, I, I think they'll probably manage to drop 30-plus points on us, and, and we might we might manage 21. Wow. Okay. Uh, so you think Sam Darnold could put up 300 yards and we still lose and they score 30 points absolutely yeah interesting well you know the uh seattle is fighting for a playoff spot right now it's six and five uh in the nfc west um i think i think we're gonna go in there and pull a a spoiler on them uh i think the fact that we seem to have gelled offensively and i say that just given the fact that the bars is really low, but the fact that we've been able to win games with basically anyone but Baker Mayfield, I think bodes well for us and shows that there is some chemistry there that's come along in the post, uh, the post Christian McCaffrey and post Robbie Anderson era uh, and in the current Steve Wilkes era. I, I do think that what's really effective about our game plan is one, it's really simple. Uh, and two, it wears teams down at the end of the game. You know, when you control the ball in terms of game planning from the get-go, um, you know, it, it it reduces the amounts of time that the other team's offense gets to score. I mean, it's just it's simple math. Um, but the other thing that it does is so it, it lessens the chance of having a game get blown open on you. Uh, unless there's a turnover by the offense. And and what it also does is it really wears the other team down. We've got a very powerful offensive line. I mean, they oh, yeah. they can really control the line of scrimmage. And you see that at the end of the game where Dante Foreman was getting, or Deontay Foreman was getting, you know, three, four yards beginning of the game. There at the end, he was really getting gashes, eight, ten yards, you know, consistently. And it's just a product of wearing down a really good defense in the Broncos. Uh, I Seattle's very good, and they've they've outplayed their coverage, so to speak, this year. I mean, they're a better team than I thought they would have been, second in the NFC West. Yeah, than any. I mean, I think most outlets were predicting them to be the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, and so you know, I I think they've come together as a team. But what I I fully believe is that we are going to go in, we're going to stomp on their grapes and uh, send them crying home. Um, I just I just have a feeling that that's going to be the way that the game winds up. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a nail biter. Uh, but I think after a week off, we're going to come in hungry. We're going to come in fresh. Uh, we're going to come in at three and four behind Wilkes. I think we're going to make it four and four. And I think people are going to then start talking about the Panthers because, you know, we still have to play Tampa Bay. And so we hold a tiebreaker against them already. 
Um, we play and beat them again. We're then tied, but we're technically ahead by tiebreakers against them. You know, it'll be interesting to see um, the way the rest of the season shakes out. So that's that's where my prediction is. And I, I think, you know, the, the Seahawks defense, I believe their their run defense is not particularly great. Uh, so we, we do have a chance there. I, we, we definitely have a chance there. If, if we can establish that run game early and beat them down and, and then start opening it up to, to Darnold to, to pass some more, you know, I, I think he'll get the bulk of his yards in the second half. Um, it's, it's definitely a possibility. I, I just I don't expect much from the Panthers against against higher quality teams, which Seattle happens to be this year. So yeah. we'll see. It'll be uh, I, it will definitely be a game that I will. Uh, what time is it? I'll try to tune in. You know, we'll see. It's a four twenty five game. Oh, I might be busy. I don't know what I'm going to do. But <laughs> what can you be doing at four twenty five on a Sunday? Anything uh, but watching I, the Panthers? Rock climbing and and making burgers for my fiance's sister and her husband. You can't conceivably do both of those things at the same time, though. I don't know how I would strap a GoPro with my phone to my head while I'm climbing on the walls. <laughs> but, I mean, I'll try. Um, all right. Well, BK can't be here, but she wanted to chime in, too. Uh, BK's prediction is she thinks that we go on the road and pull one off against Seattle. So we've got two win predictions, one eat or loss prediction. Definitely. And I think we should count Mel as a she's I think she's going to predict a loss too. Do you think she's going to predict a loss? My my prediction for her prediction is a loss, yeah. She's been right more than any of us. She has. All right, guys, that's it. But before we end the show, we would like to thank our crew that makes it possible, our chief program editor Susan B Cutting our head of culinary affairs, Mo Salt, and his half-sister, Alessa Salt, our office intern, Anna Prentice, our on-call and never-stalled staff urologist, I.P. Freely, our Louisiana Bayou correspondent, Ali Gator, our director of geriatric care, Liv Long, our coastal Carolina meteorologist, Harry Kane, our Tom Brady liaison, Hugh Jass, our office pipe inspector, Lee King, our dance instructor, Corio Graf, and finally, our literacy outreach director, Rita Story. <laughs> Before we get out of here, Will, you got anything further? Keep pounding. Keep pounding, everyone, and thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>